Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. there and welcome to another episode of the Business is Good podcast, How to Build a Modern Business. Um, today I'm talking to the fantastic Ingrid Arena, who not only um, has one, has a design business, Penguin Designing, but she also runs a stock photography site, Atelier 21. So not content with running one business, um, Ingrid is, you know, doing what a lot of us um, business owners do and and decides to start a second business. Um, I spoke to uh, Ingrid back in January, actually. So this has been a long time ago that I recorded this, but, um, and obviously, you know, that was well before we all went into lockdown. But again, I think Ingrid's got some fantastic insights into the hard work and determination that it takes to run a business that is still as relevant now as um, as it was when we recorded it. So um, enjoy uh, listening to this episode and hope you pick up some tips along the way from Ingrid and myself. So thanks a lot. So tell me, how did you get into, A, how did you get into being a photographer or um, the photography side? And then what made you decide to then start this second business? You know, because one is never enough, right? When you start. Oh, sure. <laughs> one can never have enough businesses. No, exactly. but in reality, Penguin Designing, which is my brand and website site, um, it actually started 10 years ago as a photo and design company. But I was yeah. working in the TV industry. So I was doing live television and I was doing graphics for that. And the photography that I did was mostly commercial. So it was marketing shots and things like that. And as I settled down and didn't want to travel too much, I kind of split the photography site and it was under another name and I kept doing the design. But it is a lot of work to run two service-based businesses. Yeah. So I kind of took a step back and really what you put your attention really grows. So I put my attention on Penguin Designing. I decided that I wanted to go all in and be a brand designer, understand that, get all the psychology behind it. And one day um, a friend of mine saw my stock photos because I was building something for my site. And she said, oh, where did you get those? And I'm like, well, I took those. Um, Remember I'm a photographer. (laughs) And she said, oh, why are you not selling these? She literally just asked me that. And I'm, I was very confused because why would I sell those? Those are things that I take for my own business. And she kind of convinced me that they were good enough to be sold. So I made a pack of a couple of images. It was just a small bundle and I tested the waters and said, okay, so 
as a good business owner, I will validate this idea before I jump in, which of course, within that week, I had the brand and the website up, but let's <laughs> assume that I did not jump in. Um, but the idea got validated. People were happy with their free downloads. And I simply thought, why not? <laughs> so yes, passive income, quote unquote, is never really passive because I have to upkeep the shooting and keep new images coming. And now obviously as things have evolved, I have developed Lightroom presets and some content planning for the members inside of the membership. But I feel like it was a happy accident that I already had the skills to run that side of the business, but I never yeah. really thought of making it a passive income thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it, in reality, is is kind of like that side of the business because that's when did you launch the the sort of like the membership site? Uh, the membership will be a year, I think. I think it's it's around a year that I've had that. Yeah. So do you find that you're spending most of your time on that at the moment, or is it calming down a little bit? Um, I think I've I've managed to schedule for now because. Uh, around, around November, which is the black Friday super deals over here. Um, that's where it requires my attention the most because a lot of people are looking into getting some deals, but to avoid any kind of, uh, training on the customer side to say, Hey, you're going to wait for a sale. Um, I actually open up a lifetime option but I also develop some bonuses and things like that. So that's the month where I put in most of my attention right now. I would still say that this allows me to have 70% of my attention onto Penguin Designing. So that way I am serving my one-on-one clients, but that 30% has been organized into the monthly schedule so that I know that I can shoot, I can edit, I can upload, I can filter them and make sure that all members know, hey, new images have been added. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so, okay, so what, what, what have been the challenges, do you think, like in launching a second arm to your business? What's the, or, or what surprised you the most about those, you know, having to, to launch another business thing, probably thinking, yeah, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. Was there anything that kind of like sprung up and you just thought, oh my, I wasn't expecting that or, you know. <laughs> well, I think that it, I definitely didn't know how much work it would take I first thought, okay, this is going to take me way too much. And then I was able to put it into a schedule. But I guess that my surprise is that I thought I knew how to run a photography business, but a photo membership is a completely different thing, even though it is the same service, quote unquote, because I am shooting, editing, and delivering images. It's not the same. And the marketing is not the same. And the type of funneling that it requires, it took me a while to learn. Oh, really? Significantly yes. <laughs> different from your photo business. Yes, it's definitely something that I was not expecting to be that different. Um, but my one-on-one services on that photography site, like I still offer brand photography and it's a completely different um, investment level for the type of audience. I get those customers because I've been working with them for years. But when I launched the membership, it required a different approach to getting the idea validated, to get their attention, to build that email list, which was, I would say, the best thing 
for the membership, that email list was really the doors for the membership to really run. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, I I would never say that email lists were a thing. Like I, I had an email list, but it was never <laughs> yeah. something cultivated. Oh, I had to learn how to cultivate it for this. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting because I think you you sort of see all the time. Or you must build your email list. You must, you know, build your email list. And I and I totally agree. And um, but I, you know, I have uh, I guess a similar business model, at least in the first instance, to you. In that, you know, I'm a marketing consultant. I work one on one with clients, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of that business doesn't come from building an email list it comes from referral and and you know personal relationships and other bits and pieces now of course keeping in touch with them by email is is a vital part of that but I don't think it's really one of those things where you send an email and it's got an offer in it or anything like that whereas as soon as you move into this as you say into this more membership driven side where it's a lot more I guess tactical in, in some ways isn't it because you're trying to figure out what it is that is going to be the trigger to someone buying. Um, that's obviously where you've had to focus your time on building the list and, and doing the offers and the lead magnets and all of that. So it's really interesting that you say that your two sides of the business are so different in that respect. Oh, yes, yes. I was definitely not expecting those to be so different, um, especially because just like you mentioned, having that one-on-one contact, you're not constantly sending offers and hey buy this for me and book another call with me you you just continue a relationship but a membership requires a level of giving value and offering all the time remind just reminding people hey i have this out there and it's waiting for you when you're ready because at least my membership it's an open model so i don't close the doors um through the year it's just always open um but it's way different for me to try to keep up with that kind of marketing. I, it felt uncomfortable at first because I'm not used to that. I'm used to relationships. I'm used to knowing my people, but did you, are, did you feel like you were over, over emailing? If, if that at makes some sense. point, yes, I absolutely <laughs> felt that. And I stopped and it had a really, like, it was a direct correlation between how much emails were being sent out and how many members are trickling in. It was so funny because I thought, oh no, people are going to be tired of listening to this sales pitch at the bottom of every email. No, they actually do require the um, little reminder that the membership exists and that it's there. So apparently it is way different than servicing one-on-one clients. Yeah. I mean, that's funny, isn't it? Because I, I, I was, I say this to clients sometimes when um, talking about social media and they're like, but we've shared this blog post like so many times. And it's like, yeah, but you know that you've shared it quite a few mm-hmm. times, but the person, your ideal client looking at it may not ever have seen it from you. And it's, so it's kind of, you, you feel like you're getting boring if you, if you like, but you're really not. It's just like, cause you know, most of the time, sometimes people don't open it and sometimes if they open it, they don't read it properly or they don't read to the end. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's, you know, we overanalyze and we're looking at it through a different lens, aren't we? Than um, oh, someone yes. that's receiving it or seeing your Instagram post or seeing your Facebook post or anything like that. And I think you would just got to remember that and just be like, no, this I've seen it 10 times, but this person may only have seen it once or twice. So it's just like, yes. keep going. Keep. Yes, yes, yes. So much yeah. of that. I, it's been, 
it's been a learning curve right there because I feel like I am repeating myself or I only have this one offer and I've said it a thousand times already, but it has to be consistent and I have to upkeep that same rhythm if I want to continue to grow the membership. And I mean, yes, you can automate it, but it's just a fact of knowing, oh, I'm still pushing for that same sale. Well, yeah, that's your product. You have to keep putting it out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just like, and I guess that's when it, it becomes really important to really believe in what you're doing and what you're selling, doesn't it? Because yeah. if if you're if you're repeatedly repeatedly sending this message out, if you're not a hundred percent behind what you're doing, I think that's when it, the cracks can start to show. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like you have to believe in the value of what you're even trying to sell to someone else. It doesn't matter if you have a very high price membership or if you are doing this almost on the free, it has to have value and you have to believe in that value. Yeah, precisely. So, um, so what, so sort of thinking about your kind of like 10 years ago, I think you said you started thinking about your kind of like entrepreneurial journey. What's been, What's like a highlight for you? What's what's kind of stood out for you as something that you're like, you thought, yeah, I'm really proud of that. I feel like <sighs> focusing on a career that honored my creative skills, even yeah. though there is one in a thousand jokes about <laughs> the starving artists. So I feel like <laughs> making it happen, actually taking on the courage to open up shop and and growing a business out of a creative journey, I guess. Yeah. Um, I feel like that is where I can look back and say, okay, I did it. I did not have to be that stereotypical um, starving artist. It can happen and, and it's a reality. <laughs> That's fantastic, though, isn't it? Because I think it's so difficult to, uh, well, so sorry, so easy to kind of think, well, well, it's comparing yourself to other people, isn't it? A, comparing them and going, oh, well, they haven't managed to do it. You know, maybe there's another person creatively that you really like their work, but, you know, you're looking at them and thinking, well, they haven't managed to do this, so how am I? Mm-hmm. Or on the other end, like going, oh, well, I'm nowhere... I'm nowhere near that other person. I think it's just, to me, the struggle is always like, be proud of where you are at the moment. Yes, yes. It's so easy to to forget to celebrate where you are and looking at the things that, oh, I could achieve that. I just need to do this or I need to get to that other point. And then when you're there, instead of celebrating, hey, look what I achieved, you keep looking forward and forget to enjoy the little moment that you're in right now. At least, at least that's something that I struggle with. Yeah. I think it's very easy to do that though. So one of the surprising things to me when I started, um, started my business was kind of realizing how many business communities there were out there. I mean, even if you just look on Facebook, the amount of communities and groups there are that you can be part of that are just full of like amazing people I mean the reason that we got in touch was because we were in a mm-hmm. Facebook group for a product a software product <laughs> that we both use and to me that's been the most surprising thing that you just can get connected with all these just amazing people 
and it just makes the world like so much smaller. I mean, the fact that you're in San 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 Diego, San Diego. <laughs> and I'm in Portsmouth in Hampshire, where it's literally been blowing 60 mile an hour gales and it's freezing cold today. <laughs> and, and yet we're talking on the phone and talking about the stuff that's important to us. I think that that to me has been like, whoa, that's amazing. That's true. That's true. I think it it's it's it can be so lonely to work online, but at the same time, it can be so rewarding because you get to meet other people and and see their own businesses grow. Even if we're not in the same city, if we don't have a chance to sit down at the same table, just, yeah. just bridging that gap. Well, my next trip to California, I'll be, I'll be on the phone going, Ingrid, I'm on my way to San Diego. <laughs> By all means, please do. And hopefully we'll get some sun for you. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So um, sort of thinking back to when you started and just, and also from, you know, the mix from, mix of having two businesses what advice would you to give would you give to someone either starting their own business from scratch now or trying to develop that second revenue line if you like what, what advice would you give them well i think that for those that are starting their first business and they are just trying to figure out what to do get our, all of your legalities in place, <laughs> have a plan for things to roll and be patient with yourself. For those that are starting a second business, make sure that your current one is as steady as possible because this will be your rock <laughs> to carry yeah. with that second one. And it had better be really ready for you to be able to step back a little. I'm not saying that you're going to forget about it or that you're not going to do anything, but you will step a little bit to the side because the baby one will need your attention. And once the gears are churning and it has a rhythm, then you can find that balance, which is a constant work, but there will be more balance. But at the beginning, I feel like people want the second one to just magically boom so that they can step back from their main business and have that magic passive income happen. But it doesn't really go that way. <laughs> like you yeah. do need that steady flow on your main business so that it can support you. Yeah. I think, the second. I think that's really good advice because, you know, the people that start their own business, you, once you start a business and, you, and you've been in it maybe a couple of years, it, it, it appears to be to you perfectly normal thought process to start another and another business. You just think, well, why not? I've already done one. And, and you know, <laughs> the amount of people you speak to, they've got more than one business, myself included. Um, you just say, yeah, yeah, I'll just start another one because that's the kind of people that, that they are, right, that we are. Um, but I think you're totally right. And when I started my second business, my first business probably – wasn't as stable if you like as it should have been I, I i think so i do think that's really excellent advice actually because <laughs> once you started you're like okay well i'm in now and you feel like you're totally like being pulled from one thing to another so yeah i think that's really really amazing advice so are there any sort of like particular resources and things that have helped you along your along the way, whether it be um, books you've read or people you've come across or courses or, um, you know, a Facebook group or something? Is there something that's really stood out as, as really useful or a software tool or something, you know? Well, I feel like 
for me, um, having an understanding, and I mean, I do have a little advantage on that point because the main business was a branded web design business. Yeah. Um, so it was easy for me to develop the brand and develop a website so that the presence was there as soon as I wanted to open the doors. Um, but don't let that stop you because really it's, it's not, it's not a big of a deal. Like you will do with what you have at that moment. It is so easy to get on the idea that you just need that one extra tool to make it happen, but you don't. Yeah. Um, to me, I feel like, um, since the audiences were different, <laughs> I had to step into different Facebook groups to listen, to really listen what people were saying, um, all about stock photos in this case, because that, that was what I was opening shop for, yeah. but listening to other creatives and other businesses just talk about their needs and what they're looking for. It helped me validate the idea and work it before opening up the doors. It helped me connect with other people and share a little bit about what I was doing to see that it was going to be successful or if I needed to completely reframe something. Um, in terms of resources that I always go back to, and I still suggest to so many of my friends and clients, um, I love a book called Brand Brilliance by Fiona Humberstone. Oh, I have that. I love I, it. I love that book. I feel like it is everything that almost all brand designers want to say, but she just puts it in such a clean way. And I love her, her way of just explaining the whole branding process so that even if you're not a designer, when you're reading it, you understand how you will create your online presence and that little corner of the internet for yourself. Yeah. I feel like that book is, is really, really good. I love it. It's a great book. I agree with you. Um, and it's so easily, um, like it's an easy read as well, isn't yeah. it? It's not and, and because it's so highly visual as well. So it's probably why I really like it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. And it's a lovely book. It's in fact, it's sitting on my coffee table. <laughs> Oh, my, well, I love it. I have it on my desk and it's literally like decorating my desk. It's next to my candle and my plant, but I go back to it. I, I have it full of sticky notes. I love, love, love that book. Yeah, that's a cool one. That's a good one. I'll sure put that on the podcast notes, recommendations. Um, so is there anything you wish you'd known when you, you know, maybe when you started the, the second business, started Atelier, uh, it, is there anything you'd wish you'd known that you didn't know? And, and now you're like, oh, if only I'd known about that to start with, or if only I'd thought about that. Um, or do you reckon you got it all figured out? Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that would be, mm -mm, no. I feel like one of the top things that I knew was going to happen because of the type of model that a membership presents um, but I did not know how much was customer service, <laughs> um, with one-on-one -on -one okay. clients on the design side, I am literally hand holding my clients. So I'm used to that, but on a membership level, you are presenting yourself as a customer service and resolution for all things tech and all things, have you clicked here? <laughs> so it's, um, it's one of those things that I was not expecting um, because when I'm building it, I know that at least this many people know where to click, but then I have to make it super obvious for these other types of people. So I, I did not know what to expect in terms of what can I do to better serve those members. So then I started developing uh, frequently asked question pages. I developed videos to help them understand how to use some of the mockups inside of the membership, things like that. 
So I wish I knew I would need those so that I could have started um, developing those earlier instead of on the go. As people were asking, I kept creating, which it makes sense. But if I knew, I could have had a little bit of a head start on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've read a book. It's called by Marcus Sheridan called They Ask, You Answer or something like that. It's something like that. Anyway, and basically here, the whole premise is answer every single question that any client has ever asked you on your website or within your FAQ or whatever and just provide all that information up front and you'll basically, you know, solve all your marketing <laughs> not problems but you know because you're being so <laughs> open and because you're providing all this information and same with customer service so i i what i do i'm in the process of doing is questions that i get asked all the time mm-hmm. i'm forming i'm forming a, almost like a dictionary if you like and then they're <laughs> going to go into they're going to go into a, a like a a small book or i'm not sure exactly how i'm gonna how i'm actually gonna present it yet but i'm i'm in the process of developing that because, you know, you get asked questions all the time, don't you, about, well, what about this and what about that? Mm-hmm. And the same in terms of customer service, like you say. So, um, yeah, answer answer all the questions up front, he says. Um, it's a great book as well. You should check that one out. Oh, um, definitely. I will because it's true. It is so true. And it helps you to, like, structure them into the different types of questions you get answer, you're going to get asked. So um, it's well worth a read. Um, so, you know, I guess probably one last question or, um, you know, to run one business is hard enough, but to run two businesses is like ridiculous. So (laughs) what makes you kind of, what keeps you constantly inspired to, you know, to keep going, to sort of like develop the business, to innovate and, and, and all of that, what, what helps you to do that? Um, I would say it's two things and they're going to sound a little bit cheesy, but the first (laughs) one is that when you see your product in this case, because it's a membership and it's a product and not a service. Um, when I see that product actually being used and helping someone, it makes it worth it. It makes the effort that took me to make it happen very worth it. And then the second one is that I chose a second business that allows me to be creative and to do more for me because obviously I'm shooting for my members. They actually do have like a form that they can tell me what they want to see, but I, I wanted to shoot and I wanted to, to have those images and to have purpose for them, not just collect dust inside of my computer. Yeah. So, I feel like those are the two things that every single month when I need to be shooting and editing and it's, and it's all that hard work, it makes it worth it in the end. When I see a member leaving me a, an email saying, thank you so much because now my campaign looks pretty or, Oh, this is just what I was looking for. All those little praises. It's like, okay, someone actually finds this useful. Yeah. And it's something that fulfills me as I'm doing it. so I think that it's kind of a hand in hand in there. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do people share with you when they when they've used your photos? Do they sort of like uh, tag you on them and and stuff like that, so you get to see them? In Some use? tag me, and I do tell them that they don't need to do that because it's 
it's, it's for their business. They don't have to, some do. Um, and then some others just send me emails because inside of the membership right at the bottom, they have a form where they can let me know what new collections they would like to see or whatever. And that is where some people leave me comments like, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I'm very happy because this was on and all I needed was the visuals. And now I, now I have them. So it's the little things. Um, but yeah, some, some are very vocal and some, I never hear from them, but they continue to be members. So I'm like, okay, you're happy. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So are you constantly on the, you're constantly on the sort of like member rec- what what takes more focus like member recruitment or member retention or is it is it I try to keep it 50 50 but it is something that I would recommend to other memberships to try to focus on their retention instead of recruitment yeah um if you can put your recruitment on autopilot quote-unquote again nothing is ever going to be without work but if you can take your attention into your current members that is going to grow your business way more than if you are getting a new member and losing it in that same month. You really want to just keep them happy so that they stay and they have a good word out there for you. So focus on your relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's hard though, isn't it? Because, you know, you're trying to have that balance and when you're doing everything yourself, it's incredibly hard to... um, Oh, yeah. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> when I work with clients, I, I talk about like an eight step journey and um, referral and case studies and all of that stuff, which is all part of your recruitment as well. It's all tied up together, but it's so easy to just focus on the first two or three sort of parts of the customer journey, isn't it? Because they're the, almost like the sparkly bits that everybody gets focused on but mm-hmm. just as important as those final stages as well and doing those other bits and closing the loop on it um so I feel like it sounds like you've got that all kind of like baked into your strategy which is fabulous well it, it, it didn't start that way but I am for sure very happy to be discovering <laughs> all the pieces <laughs> yeah exactly so is there any any tools that you use that um that you couldn't be without, you know, I mean, obviously the camera um, and, <laughs> yeah, your Mac, and your Mac, but anything, any sort of like tools and tips that I recently discovered a, um, a tool um, courtesy of actually Jasmine Starr. I was reading through one of her uh, blog posts and she recommended this app called tag Omatic, And you basically, you put in, a search a hashtag around what you're thinking maybe it's like marketing professional or something in your case it could be stock photography and and then it brings up all related um to that uh to that i'm just doing it now while i type and i clear i talk to you and i clearly can't do it doing it for stock (laughs) photography and um and then it brings up all related hashtags that um, you might want to consider. And then from there, you can just select the ones you want and copy them into your Instagram. And it is so cool. And I never even, I just discovered it like this last week. And I was like, how did I not know about that before? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So for you put in like stock photography into Tagomatic, you get, you know, you get a whole load of other 
um, hashtags that come up. And it's like a, it's a free it's a free tool. Obviously, that's got ads everywhere. And if you want the ad free one, you have to pay. But I don't think it's much. Um, but it's a really cool little app that I hadn't even didn't even know anything about until about three days ago when I happened to be listening to a podcast or something that Jasmine was doing. So if you've got any sort of like apps or something that you can recommend that you think, oh, I can't do without that. That's just brilliant. Well, let's see. Uh, well, obviously, yes. Um, in terms of of my own things, uh, the camera and all of the computer stuff is going to be always my top <laughs> needs. Um, but I feel like if I'm focusing on what other memberships might be needing, um, researching their payment gateway is a great place to start. I particularly fell in love with um, Stripe. I used yeah. it as a service business, but I did not know how deep they could run with memberships. And they are by far from others that I've tested a top-notch company to be using for subscriptions. I absolutely love it. I feel so at ease because they keep everything in compliance. And if you move, because this happens a lot, I've, I've seen it a lot with other memberships, when they move platforms and they have to start again, most payment gateways will tell you to please have your customers re-sign up and that's oh. going to cost you because you're going to yeah. lose a lot of people. But yeah. with Stripe, if you're already with them and the new platform allows for Stripe as a payment gateway, you don't have to do anything. The subscription just rolls over with them. Really? Oh yeah. That is major, major help for me. <laughs> That is good. So that means, so what you're saying is if you, with your, whatever your membership is on, so say at the moment is your, yours, I guess is on a, is on your website, but mm -hmm. if you switched it to like a membership portal, because you've got Stripe in the back, you don't have to actually get your um, customers to do anything. You just Yes. It, I just connected. It will require a couple of things that you need to let the, the software know so that it can connect it to the actual subscription. But the, on the actual front side, the users, they don't have to do anything. You will do all the backend transfer. And since their payments are through Stripe and Stripe is the one keeping track of things, they don't have to resubscribe to anything. They will continue their subscription as normal. And that oh, that's is brilliant. so good for customer support and for customer service. You don't have to ask anything out of them. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had to go back to clients and say... Can you refill out this form and can you resubscribe and re-put in your credit card details? I mean, you must get, I read, what, a 50% drop-off at least. Oh, yeah. I, I would assume that you would get a very high drop-off because it is, you're, you're giving them more work to do and they don't want that. They are paying for a service that is supposed to bring them more time into their schedules. And now you're presenting them with a little bit of a hassle and some will understand it, but some others really, I feel like they will just drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, top tip. I, I have used Stripe for one or two things, but now I know I don't need to do the research. Ingrid has done it for me. <laughs> That's what this is all about. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, I think that's probably as good a place as any to stop on Ingrid's top tip. So, um, thank you so much for talking to me today. Um, yeah, thank you. you can go now and enjoy the San Diego, San Diego, uh, weather. 
Die. <laughs> we have a lot of rain today, so I'm not sure how much. Oh. But I'll try. <laughs> and where are you in downtown? Where are you? Are you in downtown? I'm kind of on the south area of San Diego, so around Chula Vista. And even though we're not that close to the beach, it's like 15 minutes away. It's still pretty chilly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a great place to live. You have and you have loads of sort of like marketing conferences and everything that come there, don't you? You've got a couple next yes, month. Yes, okay. I'm I'm pretty lucky on that. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's on your doorstep. So. No need to travel anywhere. Not so much, but I I love it. And I do love traveling, but it's always good to come back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, Ingrid. Great to talk to you. And um, yeah, I'm going to check. Anyone can check out your book recommendation, Brand Brilliance. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Business is Good and talking to Ingrid. Um, one of the delights of doing this podcast has been just to talk to fantastic people from all around the world. So um, hopefully um, you're beginning to see that there's a, you know, there is a big trend and, a, and, a, and the same themes come through all of the all of the interviews that we do and they really focus on the hard work and determination and passion that all these business owners have for building their business so um, that's it for another week from business is good um, enjoy and see you next week Tune in next week where we have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for, what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done.